2: All right, we are live.
3: Second week, baby.
2: Second, yeah, you still around, too. Oh,
4: yeah. Uh, both gonna be around, both of our coaches gonna be around. still around. We're going to be will around for a, a while.
2: Will you be around after Friday is the question. Yeah. We
1: ain't going nowhere. We ain't
5: going, <laughs> going <you> nowhere. Go. <laughs>
2: Okay, we got a whole lot of high school football to talk about, but Gary, I gotta ask you about the Panthers' move today. Um, the quarterback came up with a sore shoulder. Is that a real injury, imagined injury, and what do you think about them potentially signing Matt Barkley? Oh,
6: that's a Ben Simmons injury. Um, <laughs> <it's>, um, <laughs> Something wrong with him. What, what can I say to keep this guy from embarrassing us any further and, and ruining his his um, his psyche? Um, yeah. Matt Matt Barkley doesn't bring anything in the short term because he's got to learn the offense. Right. Um, I think he's there for emergency purposes until he can learn maybe 30 40% of the offense. And so we're going to be with P.J. Walker for a while. But this is an indictment on the Panthers front office uh, for passing up a quarterback in the first round.
5: Passing and first not only passing up
6: round. a quarterback, but passing up offensive linemen. In the first two rounds, so this is an indictment of their front
2: office. Yeah. Um, Grace, any any thoughts there before we start talking
1: about high school football? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough. I mean, I think that you know it's a situation once you go down a direction, I mean you're stuck now. So you know, I mean Sam Darnold, Barkley, man, I, I don't think you're you're in that direction. I mean again, they owe Sam Darnold
2: eighteen million dollars next year. <sighs> Woo! Yeah. All right, Chris,
7: let's go right into it. The 1A football
0: playoffs. Let's go. All right, uh, we missed uh, several of the top teams playing last Friday night because of uh, the multiple number of opening round buys. Uh, So it'll be our first opportunity to see most of the higher seeds play some football Friday. Uh, In fact, I think some of them are even going to be played Thursday. I saw a couple Eastern games being moved up. I guess there's some rain to worry about. Uh, But anyway, uh, there you see the number one team in the West. Eastern Randolph uh, taking on Tron. Uh, Should be cruise sailing for Burton Cates and guys. I am intrigued by that matchup, though. Uh, Murphy going to Mountain Heritage. uh, If we remember correctly, both of these teams made the state championships in the spring season. Uh, Murphy, obviously, in the 1A, Heritage in the 2A, albeit they got beat pretty bad. Uh, But still, uh, it's a good game. Uh, Not too many major matchups in the West, so to speak. Uh, The Cherokee at Robbinsville is interesting uh, because Cherokee did beat Robbinsville several weeks ago. Uh, And then just looking there at the the east side of the bracket, I still think that all roads go through Tarboro and Northside. Uh, Northampton, I am going to give a little bit of an eye on them because they're a really good football team. Uh, But I think that the cream will certainly rise to the top in the 1A East.
2: All right. Well, let's uh, – any thoughts on that, Grice, before I put up uh, the rankings? Any
1: Hobton's going to score a lot of points, Guru. I, I mean, I think you're going to be good. that game
0: is Thursday night. Part of me wants to drive four hours out to see it. Uh, and wow. <laughs> and it, it, you guys know me well enough to know that I might just do that. But, uh,
1: yes, you do. I don't you know. I, <laughs> I I don't to, if, I, if I wasn't busy, I'd hop in the car with you. I'm ready I to see the going
0: is.
2: Also, I know, and I'm
0: sure Dale does, too. I know about every good barbecue joint on the way out there to the beach.
3: <laughs> well, the good thing Los, is – that right.
2: vinegar sauce I'm eating with you. Let's talk about your rankings, Chris. What you got?
3: Well, had it, well hold on a second because Chris needs to understand he needs to make that trip up there Friday. If he comes Thursday, you know, he said, oh, if you guys win, I might come to that King, oh, King, yeah, King I'm going to get
2: the 3 Sam. Just
0: hold on, I will be there. I'll I'll be, be, there. be there.
5: I'm um, talking about Chris driving.
2: <laughs> Let's go, Chris. 1A rankings.
0: I drive. Come on. Uh, 1A, there you see. No surprise. Not very many changes whatsoever from the previous few weeks. Uh, Mountain Island Charter did stick around, even at 9-1. and one. I mean, until you start seeing maybe some of these lower tier teams uh, that maybe knock off some of the top tier teams, you know, I still uh, like seeing them being represented in there. But, you know, you got them top two or three teams right up top. Eastern Randolph, Mount Airy, Tarboro, and Northside, who, who I think are the cream of the crop, and, and Mitchell as well. Uh, and maybe Robbinsville, but after then, I think it goes downhill. All
2: right. Um, so you, you think the road goes through Tarboro, but Tarboro's not number one.
0: I, I do. Uh, I mean, again, there's parts of me that, that could see uh, some of these other teams, maybe Southside, um, maybe, um, you know, Northampton. Uh, but again, I, I know I know that North Side's what they are, and, and I guess when I say it's got to go through Tarboro, it may not go through Viking Stadium, but I still think Tarboro is the ultimate favorite, especially now that there's no subdivided playoffs.
2: All right. Well, Chris noticed uh, an interesting thing happening on online with high school football players, and so instead of having a taped 60 seconds, we're going to let him have a little live 60 seconds and let you guys jump in on it. You know, I had a couple phone calls
0: come through and and two text messages from two pretty respected coaches that i know known that that was asking me what they should do about how they should um, talk about a situation tactfully uh, without necessarily talking about a young man or talking about or singling out any players. Uh, But I did some research on this and and it's really nothing that's new. It's something that has happened for many, many years. Uh, But anyway. Uh, Guys, and and, and I think this is mostly parents. I don't know that a lot of coaches are in on this, but if there's a coach that's doing this, you know what, I'm going to say it right now, shame on you. Uh, But there has been some instances this offseason and certainly in previous years to where coaches are going into some conference meetings for all conference teams or parents sending ballots or sending nominations out to some of the media outlets around the state sending information out to some colleges stating that their player had buku numbers of yardage uh, when you could really do the homework and go look at it and then look at the results of the team and realize that something just doesn't add up. So, you know, I just think that falsifying or just flat out lying and saying that you had big time numbers trying to send your info to try to get on a, an all Greensboro or an all Fayetteville team. I just think that that is something uh, that is atrocious. And and it also, you know, we think back several years ago, there have been several nationally publicized events where you had players that just pulled the wool over everyone's eyes and held their own National Signing Day ceremony when when everybody knew that that kid didn't go. You know, they made it up. You know, they made people think they were going somewhere. And and that takes me back to the the interview that Langston and I had with NC State coach Dave Dorn uh, about five or six weeks ago. And Dave Doran got on there, and he kind of touched on this. He said, you know what? We're going to take players. We're going to look at every kid's film. We're going to really dissect what they can do. We're going to find out whether they're a good football player or not. He says you can be the most publicized and very well-marketed player uh, out there, uh, but if you can't play football, we're going to find it out. And, and and I think that just these falsification of numbers and, and really just flat-out misrepresenting yourself – Uh, I just think that's a really bad thing in football these days.
2: All right,
7: guys, you heard it from the guru. Give me your thoughts, Alex. Above all else, we need to realize that while the falsification of statistics is just beyond atrocious all the way around, that responsibility ultimately has to be placed on colleges and universities involved in the recruiting processes. Everyone knows that I'm not a huge fan of some of these combines and uh, the satellite camps and all these other cesspools of iniquity, which undermine education-based athletics and move us further away from what is supposed to be the prevailing mission and our ability to proliferate that prevailing mission of education-based athletics and expedite the ruination of education-based athletics. Everyone knows how I feel about that. But ultimately, what it comes down to is it's the responsibility of these colleges and universities to do their research. You can run or pass. or or Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Catch for 10,000 yards in your career and not be able to play. These schools have to do their homework. The fact that people have settled in to a comfort zone with whatever shows up from this combine or this satellite camp or what we see on paper or this, that, or whatever, or how many stars somebody has. I mean, if you want to know somebody can't play football or basketball or any sport for that matter, let them show up at one of these cesspools of iniquity and be rated (laughs) with zero stars. Because sooner or later, sooner or later, if you get zero stars, you really can't play because you're going to get at least one okay. star once your parent writes a check to somebody. So yeah, That, that, is, true. Is, that is true in
2: some cases. In some get cases. on to Sam, Sam, as yeah. a coach, would you would you notice if one of your players was on max prep saying he had 1,500 yards pass receiving and your quarterback had 600 yards passing, would you notice something like that?
3: Oh yeah, you've noticed something like that. You don't have access to max preps, anyways, uh, unless it's given by a head coach. Um, The thing is, this recruiting wise, I tell I tell everybody this: stats do not get you in college. The tape does. Your academics do. The eye test does. Those three things you got to have. Those three things: the eye test. You got to look the part. You got to be the part on the film, and you got to have the grades to back it up. Stats have never came into play. Like, oh, you know what? Let's go after this guy that threw for 4,000 yards instead of the guy that, you know, threw for 2,100 yards. Means absolutely nothing.
2: Dale, before we move on, let's get your thoughts here. What do you think?
8: Any coach that's involved in falsifying numbers. Not a uh, coach, a kid. Well, if if, if kids, okay. So, uh, any kid. Uh, those are too easy to find out, uh, I, Langston. I don't know what to say. Kids uh, will do anything. They're led by an adult to do it, though. Somewhere an adult's helping to guide them in what they uh, what they should be put or what they want them to put out there. Be it a parent, an uncle, uh, a bigger brother. Somebody's helping them uh, along with doing this. I, how do you How do you stop it? You gotta. You got to call somebody grief. They got to understand that there's uh, consequences to uh, that kind of falsification, which means embarrassment. But that's got to go back to their coaches. If uh, their coaches have got to address that.
3: I mean, I've seen kids use other people's highlights for their own highlights before. (laughs) Like, man,
8: that's tough. (laughs) But you know All when right, they Sam. At you, Sam. When they uh, the the one thing that my son learned when when he was recruited, um, and they looked at him and the the it was NC State and they looked at his size and they said, well, you don't have the size to play the position that you play in high school. And then they they wanted to, they wanted to hold off until they saw me. And then when they saw me and they're like, well, how tall is your wife? And that's she's shorter than me. They're, they they had all the information they needed. They knew he was the tallest he was going to get. So you're right, right. that I test plays a lot. Those metrics are are huge in this. Mm-hmm. Well, I
2: got somebody on here right now. I know he's not fudging on his stats. We got my man Brock Morgan of AL Brown. What's going on, sir? How's it going?
5: So tell us about the
2: season. How things went for you this year over in Kannapolis.
5: Um Personally, I feel like I had a good season. Um, I, I just heard you guys talking about stats a little bit ago. I got I got on the phone with my coach uh, before this call, uh, making sure everything was updated. I had ten games, thirteen tackles for a loss, seventy-one uh, solo tackles, and one hundred and five and one hundred and five total tackles. Uh, personally, I feel like I, personally I feel like I did well. I exceeded my own expectations. But as a team, uh, I th- I definitely think that we were better than our record. We didn't make the playoffs. We finished at five and five.
2: Yeah, how tough is it to have to sit at home and watch us and watch people talk about playoffs, have playoff games, and you don't get to play, especially senior, it's got to be tough.
5: Oh, yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, but I definitely feel like I enjoyed the moment this season. This past season was definitely something that I'll remember for a lifetime, and I'm optimistic that I'll have another season to prepare for. Absolutely. Well, you know, one thing, one championship you can win, you can be Sam Griner night on the game show
2: and get that championship.
3: <laughs> Brock, a lot of people try, a lot of people fail, brother.
8: Thank you hear that? He's, right. talk, he's, he's He's he looks confident. Yeah, he's <laughs>
2: ready
8: to go. Yeah, he, he got like a whole confidence
1: for him to ask the question. okay right, right, he got so like so a whole little gonna, setup. Put
2: some multiple choice questions <laughs> on the board. You're gonna answer. Sam's gonna answer. And whoever wins gets the championship. Sam—Sam's his little win streak got broken last week.
5: No, it it did not. I did not time. lose. He I did, did not win lose either. last
2: week. You didn't win either. Brother, go brother, to be the man, I'm not MJ,
3: just coach Groner, but I'm the goat of the game show.
2: What was that you were saying? To be the man, you got to beat the man. Is that
3: what you're saying? No, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Yeah, And I haven't been beaten in a while, so don't try me like that, Lance. All
2: right, Brock, let's beat him. Brock, you have the first answer, so you're on first. Here we go, Dale.
8: Okay, with a sequel to the 1984 movie coming out, Ray Parker Jr.'s theme song from the original returned to the top 100 charts this week. What's the name of the song? A. Jack and Jill, B. Dune. C. Friday the Thirteenth, D. Ghostbusters.
2: Wait a minute, we just we just lost we just lost Brock.
8: Got a little bit of old and new here. He had to go he had to go to Google.
3: Yeah, <laughs> he had to go to Google. I told you, yeah. you didn't see his setup. A boy had a computer. He'd been typing away. I can hear him typing.
8: <laughs> no, <laughs> that I is the
3: first, first
5: the time question the show. quick. That's the first that's the
3: first of the show. I I hey that that the shirtless, the shirt, you know, the uh the sleeveless
8: shirt. It's he can a- play you upside down. Rock,
2: rock, rock. Rock Sam said you had to get off and go look at Google,
5: man. <laughs> no, sir. My, no, sir. My internet failed on me. I said, I said, see Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th,
2: Samuel. What you got?
5: Um, I'm gonna go D.
3: Ghostbusters.
2: It is Ghostbusters. Mm. Sam was up one another, so he definitely didn't go to Google. He definitely didn't go to Google. He, didn't get... he definitely didn't, you didn't go have to, to do Google. The right? Why he was away? All right, we're going to go to question two. And uh, Gary is in today for Chelsea, uh, who has some school things going on. And Gary is up when I get the question. Here we go, Gary.
6: Okay. North Carolina State has beaten Florida State in four of the past five meetings. Before that, State lost four straight. Who was State's starting QB in the 17 16 win in 2012? when the pack upset the then ranked number three Seminoles? A, Russell Wilson, B, Mike Glennon, C, Tyler Brosis, D, Garrett uh, Latham.
2: Samuel.
3: Mm. That's a great question right there.
2: I bet this question. those
3: answers, but... <laughs> um I don't Remember the game. I'm gonna go B,
5: Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon, what you got, Brock? Um, I'm gonna go with
2: Garrett Lethem. Garrett Lethal, man. This is B. Uh, and Brock, you gotta, you gotta stage a wonder comeback.
5: <laughs> that boy, I'm telling you, look, Lacey tried me earlier. I'm just letting you know, We're a different
3: level right now. Let's go. No, you just lucky. Oh my! I don't believe in no luck. You know that. Sam's
2: in just- playoff mode playoff You just you just lucky. That's all, <laughs> all right. Um, Jinton, Jinton, baby. Here we go.
8: <laughs> One of the most popular women's pro wrestlers today also was a district basketball camp in uh, high school and was all Atlantic Sun in college at uh, Jacksonville. What's her stage name? Jade A, Jade Cargill, B Bianca Belair, C Britt Baker, D Charlotte Flair.
5: All right, Brock, I need you man. Come on, what you got? Um, I'll go with Charlotte Flair. Charlotte
3: Flair, yeah. Samuel, what you got? I'm gonna try to go local too. I'm gonna go Charlotte Flair as well. Oh, he's in the four corners. You
2: both are wrong. That's Jade Cargill. <laughs>
3: Yeah, hey, I wouldn't have got that right. I have no other guess. She's, she's an
2: AEW. Oh. She's gonna be an absolute star. She's really, really good. She, she uh, Shaquille O'Neal's kind of taking her under his wing. Uh, okay, Gary is up with the next question. Let me get loaded up. Here we go, Gary. All right,
6: Kobe Bryant was an initial investor in Sports Drink for six million dollars in two thousand thirteen. Coca-Cola bought 70% of the company for $5.6 billion, netting Kobe Bryant's estate $400 million. What is the name of the beverage that Kobe Bryant invested in?
3: Um, that's a good one. A,
6: vitamin water. Oh, B, power A. Um, C, body armor. D, smart water.
2: All right, Samuel, you're up.
3: Uh, I'm gonna go C, body armor.
2: C, body armor. What you got, Brock?
5: Uh, I'll go with A, vitamin water.
2: Yeah. It is C, it is C body armor. And uh, Kobe's, Kobe's family made a mint on that investment. That was one heck of an investment. All right, last question is, oh, I like this question. Uh, Dale has this one. Uh, let me find it. Sam will not get this one
8: right. Here we go, Dale. <laughs> Every time I see Chuck E. Cheese, I think about Chuck mile. <laughs> 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 That's not a good thing. But anyway, <laughs> what does the E in Chuck E. Cheese stand for? A, Ernest. B, Edward. C, entertainment. D, extra. Brock, you're up.
2: Uh, I'll go with B, Edward. B, Edward. Samuel.
3: Uh, I think the answer is A, earnest.
2: The answer is C, entertainment.
8: Uh, because what Mr. Amato uh, was. Right.
3: <laughs> that was. That was <laughs> I told, tough. I there. told you you would not get that right. <laughs> hey, 3-0, baby. That's all I want to know
5: yeah you got,
2: you got a you got a little you got a little weak though today i give you that one but brock man uh, so what's on what's on your plate for the rest of the school year what you got going on
5: um right now my biggest goal is just continuing to finish senior year um and continue to be in, inside of this recruitment process some schools i've heard from are davidson howard and guilford um and then obviously you know just going through it going on recruit business i went to north carolina central this past saturday just okay. making sure to get out and see all I can see, so that way when it's time it's time to make a decision, I'm I'm well aware of what I'm up. Sam,
2: Sam, what kind of advice would you give this young man?
5: Um, trust
3: Mike Newsom. He's one of the best at helping people get to college. I think he's the best there is at helping young people get to college. So really trust his advice. And uh, obviously, you're a smart kid. If you Davidson's looking at you and whatnot, so. Very happy for you doing your academic portion. Alex would be very proud on the other end.
5: Thank yeah, you.
2: Davidson be a great spot, man. You get your big old job when you get out of school. Exactly. Well, look, Brock, thanks for coming on, man. Best of luck to you. Um, keep in touch. And hope you get a chance to play next year in college. Yes, sir. Thank you. Good All luck, right, man. Take care.
3: <laughs> Grace is something wrong in the background. Grace, I didn't hear him say that. The thing's so choppy, man. I know
8: Howard's is a good university. Yeah,
3: I know Howard's a good one. <laughs> something wrong with Grace. <laughs> <I
2: know,
6: laughs> They're really protesting really up at Howard about the dorms. I don't know about that
2: one. I mean, I yeah, heard. that's another problem. Davidson's yeah. a good spot, though. All right, let's talk private school football. Oh, yeah, like, um, you know. I'm staying on point. Staying on point. Uh, Gary, anything jump out at you about division two? We talked about Country Day last week. They won. Now they got to go to Harold's Christian. Then you got Cabarrus Warriors and Metro Line in the other side. What, what what do you see there? If anything.
6: Um I'm gonna go with the teams that are 10 and 1. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of them play. So I figure if you win 10 games, you must be pretty good. And it's at, at their home. So I'm I'm looking at the teams that that are
2: Alex. Um, Alex is laughing really hard. Come on, Alex. Tell me what are you. On, I Alex, got get get on. On Harold, so tell me what you know. You're on mute, though, Alex.
7: If you win ten games, you must be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Back in the 2002-2003 women's basketball season, there were a lot of Charlotte Mecklenburg schools that won ten games, and then had to run into. uh the school formerly known as Zebulon B. Vance High School. And let's see, who was the coach of that team? Uh, Oh, I I, I forgot his name. Yeah, there were were a lot of people who won 10 games before they played Gary Richmond's team and got <laughs>
2: exposed yeah. is anybody going to so, take country day to upset harold's christian i, I would take to, I, i'm I
3: take, take him in a heartbeat take, i'm gonna take i'm gonna take the warriors and country day i think both yeah. of
2: them i'll agree
1: quarterback day. for the okay.
2: warriors yep. that, that'd, be a, that'd be a major upset country day has won the division two title in the past all right sam let's go up to division one Latin has to go back Raven Gap. Raven Gap beat Latin 38-3 to before. Is there anything Latin can do differently to go back to Raven Gap and turn it around?
3: Yeah, pray for a lot of turnovers. That's <laughs> about the only way, to be honest with you. That's a that's a big spread. That's hard to come back from. Um, Raven Gap's got a lot of confidence. Um, I, I can see them, too, going against Pro- Providence Day and them as a rematch, and I think that'll be a great championship game.
2: All right, well, tell me about Uh, Charlotte Christian playing Providence Day I think this is a rematch of a semifinal
3: a year ago Providence Day is just is really good this year I think Charlotte Christian will have a chance in this game more than Latin does in Raven Gap just because of the coaching staff at Charlotte Christian they do such a phenomenal job of adjusting and correcting things Um, it's hard to beat them twice that's definitely for sure but I still think Providence Day um, is victorious
7: they should Austin. be in good shape as long as they don't get distracted by Charlotte Christian. <laughs> Gryce, any thoughts on that game?
1: Oh, I can't wait. If I Again, that's one of those games, if I didn't have my own business to attend to, I'd go. Uh, just a little reminder, in the regular season, it was 48-47 in overtime. That's, that's right. a game you want to bring your points. You want to make sure you're in the stands for that one. I wouldn't leave early at all either.
7: Chris. I didn't realize we're playing basketball already. Yeah, on not <laughs> you on mute, Chris. Oh, he was giving a great
1: take, too. I, he I was was giving, a take. Yeah, he was giving a great take.
0: <laughs> I know that we've talked a lot about Grant Logan to Providence Day, and I think he's really come on. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, quarterback in the private ranks. Uh, but I'm on that D2 bracket. Uh, I really like Cabarrus. I think the Cabarrus Warriors have done a phenomenal job. They've got one of them super sophomores, and Tyler Green, a quarterback. Yeah. And, and they trounced Concord, who, by the way, is playing in the second round of the big 3A or the 3A playoffs. So uh, don't sleep on that Warriors team. I
2: think they're pretty good. Yes, uh, Damian Jackson giving Tyler Green some love out there. And uh, I think that's on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook world. So, uh, yeah, Tyler right, Green's getting, getting a little more. Tyler Green. Yeah, he's been, uh, he's been an observer player of the week in the past. All right, Guru, we're going to jump to the 2A uh, pairings here. Uh, what do you got?
0: Well, it gets real this week. There's no doubt about that. Got a lot of big-time games really on both sides of the bracket, both East and West. Uh, That Polk County-Shelby game, you know, it'll be good for a while, but I still think Shelby is ultimately uh, one of the top two or three best teams in the state, Uh, like Shelby's chances. Uh, That Forest Hills-East Gaston game may be the most entertaining. I mean, these are two really good teams. Uh, I picked against East Gaston last week. Uh, Forest Hills this week, though. I don't know. I think that's just a 50-50 game. Hard to pick either way. Uh, But that Burns and Hendersonville game will be phenomenal. Uh, If I was not going to be at West Charlotte, that's one of the games that I would probably consider going. Chase at Reedsville, uh, again, two heavyweights going at it. Uh, We know about Marquise McCombs. Uh, I think that they're going to need him and then some. Uh and they got the top interceptor in the in the country as well. I think I think they're gonna be pretty good against Reidsville, but Reedsville obviously is ultimately Reedsville and has won about 32 games in a row, uh, like them in this game. West Lincoln and Maiden, that was a close game a few weeks back. Bunker Hill at Salisbury. I just don't see Bunker Hill getting through there. Jay Robinson at Munro's another phenomenal game that I could see. I think is gonna win, but I can see it going either way. Um, they looking at the other side. Um, the game that really sticks out at me is Holmes and Northeastern. Uh, mm. I think that those are two teams that played. Uh, they're in the same conference, full-time <laughs> rivals. I think that would be a good game. Um, other than that, Clinton at East Duplin, you know, that's big time traditional Eastern powers. But other than that, just the, the mammoth games in that two A ranks in the West. Yeah,
2: Chris, you took a lot of a lot of stuff on, on social media about your picks and you still had it like eighty five percent correct. I'm just curious, if you would have picked right now who's coming out of the East and who's coming out of the West, I'm looking at this right now. Who would be your picks?
0: I'm still sticking with what I put in my initial bracket. Again, it, it could change and, and it very well may change, but the reason I picked the teams I picked is because of how the brackets shape out, and there's a harder side and an easier side, but I'm still sticking with Burns and uh St. Paul's. Well, Burns
2: and Shelby have hook up somewhere along the line. That's you gonna know, shut Burns down. and
0: Shelby played an overtime two-point game about three weeks ago. Uh That's and Shelby shut down came three out three victorious. It could week. always go the other way.
2: All right, let's talk about the two-way rankings. Let me get them up. And uh, speaking of Burns and Shelby, Chris, uh, what do you got here? Well, not, not a lot of change uh, from the
0: previous weeks. Uh, Reevesville, Shelby, uh, Salisbury. Salisbury had four, I think, four defensive and special teams touchdowns before their offense even hit the field uh, against uh, right. North Forsyth uh, Friday night. Uh, Northeastern's right there. Whiteville, they're going to make some noise. Maiden has been solid all year long. Uh, St. Paul's, I still like them in the East. Uh, Monroe's right there. Again, big time game. Hendersonville, Princeton, that single wing, uh, fun looking football. <coughs> I don't know how far they're going to get with it. And then, you know, if we were to go to a number 11, you would see Burns right there.
2: I was just I'm about
3: to saying, say, saying, like Burns Burns
0: I, I, I think it's a testament to how close to 2A is, but it's also a testament to just. How stacked those brackets are. I'm not necessarily saying Barnes is the best team. I just think the bracket comes out a little bit more favorable for them.
2: I got you. Okay. So, Grice, Grice if we were power ranking the classifications, I know you like 4A in the Fight Club. Is 2A second?
1: 2A is right behind, and 2A might almost eclipse it. I mean, 2A is there. It's just such a tough bracket. I mean, you look at a Reedsville, you know, a Shelby. I mean, he doesn't even have, you know, East Surrey on here that came up for 1A. They're 10-0 and 0 and have well, a great shot to get there too. So, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of good teams in this 2A division, and, I mean, it's it's exciting for me. I love it. No, I just think North Carolina
3: football, North Carolina football in general is great right now. Like, it's really good football across the board.
2: Yeah, I agree. All right, it's time to go to Fresh Faces and see who the guru and the Grice picked out this week.
0: All right, Coach Grice, it's that time of week again. I think it's both of our favorite segments, uh, Fresh Faces. Let's go ahead and hit it, brother.
1: Definitely, let's do it.
0: Uh, hey, let's bring up our first uh, young player here from across the state that we're going to highlight this week had a big uh, performance on Friday night. Uh, let's look at the film Eastern Alamance. Uh, they're one of my teams. I think it's going to go deep um, wide receiver Devin Bark had six catches 158 yards and two touchdowns in their Friday playoff performance.
1: Oh, It's a big time ball there. And I think one of the big things I like with seeing Devin is, you know, he's not a guy that just, you know, goes and, and bubbles. I mean, you saw the great digger out there. You know, it's a situation he was able to snap his right off perfectly there, make a big catch, and be a big target for his quarterback to get the ball to. So, you know, we see Eastern Alamance, you know, having big wins, looking like they're primed for a long playoff run. Devin seems to be a prime reason why that they're going to be, you know, have a lot of success and do well here. So good to see him already start off well. Let's hope he can keep it going.
0: Yeah, Devin Clark's leading that John Kirby coach team. They're playing Havelock Friday night. Seems like they've Ooh. played Havelock 100 times in the last 20 yeah. years in the playoffs. Those two teams always just seem to be head-to-head. Uh, I'm sure he'll have a big-time game. Uh, let's move on now Next uh, to our next fresh face. and We've just got a, a graphic right here of Rajon Jackson. Uh, he is a big, big explosive body in a small package, a small body or a big explosion in a small body. Uh, but what can we talk about him, Coach?
1: I mean, again, you know, 19s in the nation in kick returns and tops in North Carolina averaging over 34 yards. I mean, a guy 5'4", 125, I mean, he's probably hard to get down. and I mean, he uses that lack of size, his diminutive size to his advantage and is able to be successful. So a guy that's doing big things out here, you know, in that third phase of the game, it's so important. And having a guy that excels at it can be a real backbreaker for teams, especially as we get in the playoffs. All right.
0: All right, moving on here Fresh Faces, uh, we're going to go to the kicker for Charlotte Latin High School, Dave uh, Mosery. He's won 11-14 with his field goals, 32-33 of with point after touchdowns. Coach Christ, you know you can't win a game without a kicker, so tell us about this guy.
1: Oh, yeah, you know, again, he's had a game-winning field goal this year. Guru, I'll tell you, that's always been one of my dreams is to kick a game-winning field goal and be able to walk off in in style just like that, but – You know, as we can see, I mean, this guy here definitely is, you know, a quality kicker. Looks like that was the game winning field goal, the way the kids are responding. But, you know, as we get into the playoffs, you know, Latin's having a tough game against Raven Gap coming up. You know, Dave's going to have to be on his game, especially in colder weather. His precision is going to be needed this year uh, in the playoffs in order for Latin to continue on their great run.
0: Yeah, no, no kidding. Uh, I was a kicking coach at one time, and uh, that was my first job as a coach. And it was always tough, uh, those game pressure situations. But these guys are good athletes. So, you know, sometimes they you see them on the side of the practice field warming up, but they're always in the game. Uh, so, anyway, good job for him. And then our final uh, fresh face, let's go down to the Eastern North Carolina, the Wilmington Laney High School. They beat Fuquay Arena Friday night. Uh, Mason Baum blocked the punt and led to the first postseason win in
1: five years. That's awesome. I mean, you know, it seems like today we've been big on the third phase of the game. You know, and special teams is important, and a lot of times on special teams, you want to keep those defensive guys in. And I mean, it seems like a very high IQ guy. Always, you know, has a nose for the ball. Is able to predict what's about to happen next and get to that ball as soon as possible. So, kudos to him again. You want guys on that special on that punt block special teams that have that go-get it mentality. Who better than a linebacker? And he shows that here in this film and showed that on Friday night.
0: Yeah, great job to Vaughn, uh, head coach Luke Little, getting that first big playoff win in a long time. Uh, and and you know this from experience, coach. Special teams sometimes is what keeps a game going in the playoffs. I mean, how many times has a late playoff game been won by a block punt or a block kick or a Definitely. kick return? So uh, great job for them. But guys, that's fresh faces for this week for Coach Grice, Chris Hughes. We'll do it next week.
2: All right, Chris, it's time it for the three
0: All right. Um, Hey, some some good games as well this week. Uh, Maybe not as loaded from top to bottom with just insanely good games, as potentially the 2A. Uh, But right there, South Point, going to go up the mountain to Pisgah. I kind of anticipate the Red Raiders coming back with this game. Uh, Forest View and Parkwood, again, is a team, is a game that I think would be very entertaining, very good, great athletes. I think these are both kind of under the radar teams. I've predicted that Forest View, uh, would make it to the fourth round. Uh, if they win this game, they'll have an opportunity to play South Point. They played Dylan Overtime a few weeks ago. Uh, so that could pan out. Uh, North Davidson is a team that looks top 10 good to me. I think it'd be a good game with Hickory, Hickory Sturgeon at the right time. Uh, West Rowan at Crest, uh, they've played the playoffs like countless times in the past 10 or so years. Uh, Ledford and Dudley would be a good game, but I just don't see anybody on Dudley's level in the West. Uh, Kings Mountain and West Charlotte, Samuel, I will be there. Um, yeah, I told you I would. I'm a man of my word. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I know you don't want it to be a good game, I, I, I could, but uh, I think it would be a good game. Uh, Concord at Bright and East Lincoln at Statesville. Any thoughts from the West, gentlemen?
2: i hear Sam, tell me about Kings Mountain and West Charlotte. What do you see on film with Kings Mountain? What can you guys do? This is a team that's got a lot of tradition in the 3As, made some deep runs in the 3 a took Catholic to 97 overtimes a couple years ago in a regional championship game. What what do you see on film with them, and what can you do to beat them?
3: Well, they're a very traditional, great program. That's what we're going to have to beat in 3A now is, like, teams that you know traditionally have always been good. And uh, for us to be the great team we're trying to be, we have to beat these good teams. And um, Kings Mountain, very solid. I'm very happy we're not playing at Kings Mountain. I think that's a huge advantage if you're playing there. Uh, watched a few games and uh, some some certain calls. I was like, wow. <laughs> I'm glad we're not playing in Kings Mountain. But um, I think, you know, we play well. Um, I think, you know, we should win this game. You know, I don't think we have to play extremely great. I just think we need to play well and we'll win this game.
2: Bullets and board material. Okay, Chris, talk about the East for me. You know, right
3: um, on the board, whatever they want to do, they got to come play.
2: <laughs> uh, several good games. Uh,
0: I mentioned in uh, first bases, Eastern Alamance and Havelock have just played uh, Numerable amount of times uh, over the past 15 or 20 years. Uh, they just always, for whatever reason, we're on a collision course. Uh, Westover is a team that is surging at the right time. Southern Nash at Lee County is two really strong teams. Jacksonville going to Wilson Hunt, they have not played in about 20 years in the playoffs, but uh, they, they've produced good games back in uh, the day. Uh, 71st though, hosting Williams. Williams is a team that I could potentially see knocking off that number one seed in the East. I could really see Williams. Uh, They really seem to have their act together, getting right at the right time. Uh, That's a game that I could probably circle and think that, man, you could maybe see an upset winner here. Uh, Scotland County just dominated Southern Durham. I, I predicted Scotland County to make it to the finals. I still think they very well may. Uh, And then uh, this game at the bottom may be the best game in the East, Smithfield Selma uh, going over to Northern Nash. I mean, these are two teams that have just been on it all year long. Is that going to be one of those basketball games where it's like
2: 50 to 49?
0: No, because I think both of those teams have pretty good defenses. I don't see it like that at all. I see maybe a a 27
7: 21. All right. Let me ask you a question. Um, That's not good defense. Yeah. And
6: let me ask you a question. Uh, Somebody answer this for me. Sam brought up something that got me to thinking. Um, Where are the officials coming from during the playoffs? Are they local or are they assigned by the state from another part of the state? How is that done now that we have an official shortage? For the playoffs, I don't know the answer to that question
0: here. Yeah, for the playoffs. Uh, The the assignments come from uh, the North Carolina High School Athletic Association from the desk of Mark Drabelbus, the director of officials. And you never, especially the further you go into the playoffs, you you typically would never see an officiating crew from either of the booking agencies that cover either of the two teams. Typically, it's from a neighboring or even a much further away um, territory versus uh, right there locally you know with the shortage could there be i don't know maybe alex could know that but typically they do come from a a, a further away deal uh, to try to have as much neutrality as possible so nobody's got to manage over the other for familiarity
7: yeah further you okay. go in the playoffs this is going this is one of those situations where the officials shortage is i don't i don't want to i don't want to say insignificant but not applicable because of the commitment to cross scheduling and scheduling the very best officials particularly once you get to the state quarters the state semis and cross scheduling from one region to another or one uh, regional supervisors zone to another so you don't have as chris said so you don't have officials from the regional supervisor zone of either of the participating schools as we go further and further into the playoffs. And particularly uh, the, the fact that uh, Mr. Dribelbis, uh and his team do an exceptional job of collaborating with the regional supervisors to ensure that the very best of the best are entrusted with these games in other parts of the state as we move along in the playoffs in all classifications. So uh, it really is the very best of what is a tough situation officials-wise, but we still put our kids in the very best uh, position to have high-quality officiating as we move along in the playoffs.
2: Well, Chris, judging by your 3A rankings I see on the screen, Sam's moved up a little bit, but that West uh, Charlotte-Kings Mountain game, is that the biggest 3A game in the state this week?
0: I I think it's certainly, uh, when you look at the teams that are ranked, if it's not the biggest, it's one of the top one or two. Uh, and yeah, I mean, and, and after I know that initially when I put my bracket together, I, I did put uh, Kings Mountain one in that game and, and they still very well what very well made. Uh, but after watching uh, what film I've seen of both teams and, and, you know, Grice even put this bug in my ear, looking at the way uh, Maury Edwards and Maury Adams and that um, crest offense just shattered. Uh, the Kings Mountain run defense and then even in that opening round I I don't want to say Kings Mountain shouldn't have won uh, but I think they were very fortunate uh, to beat Franklin albeit a good Franklin team uh, I I just think that they're not necessarily trendy not quite the way I've seen this West Charlotte team play much better in recent weeks
2: All right, each week Rice asks people to to call him if you ball what you're saying yeah if you ball you get the call if you ball you get the call If you ball, you get the call. So last week, we had a lot of phenomenal performances. A lot of guys balled. And Grice and Guru picked out five and gave them the call. All
0: right, Coach Grice, that phone's been ringing all weekend after the first round of the playoffs. Had some huge, huge, huge performances. Uh, We're going to get started with them. Uh, The first one right here is a guy who was a runner-up to the Mr. Football last year. Had a huge performance Friday night, and a big uh, upset victory over the Pinecrest Patriots. uh, uh, Rollsville quarterback Byron Brown, I watched this game. He was on fire
1: uh, from the first possession. Uh, What did we see from him, Friday coach? Oh, it was like the great, you know, Roy Jones song. Y'all must have forgot, you know, we kind of had him off of our Mr. Football Watch list. Wasn't having the great season he had in the spring. And he came out with a performance to remind everybody that he is still one of the best quarterbacks in this state. I mean, you know, being able to come back and look at this in the highlights. He's done everything that we, you know, we looked at him early on in the spring. He's showing a lot of those same things. And what a time to do it. Especially in a big win against Pinecrest here in the first round. So he's still, you know, he's still on our radar there. But I'm just glad to see he's getting back to some of those things that he did in the spring. I feel like he may have been still injured. You know, I know he had the issues with his leg. And, you know, kids, you know, a lot of times are gonna tell you they're okay and nothing's wrong. But I still feel like early in the season he was being dogged by some of that stuff that was bothering him. So good, good for him. Glad we could give him the call.
0: No, no kidding. And that was a huge uh, win over a really, really, really good Pinecrest team. So, hats off to Brown and that entire Rollsville team. Uh, moving on, let's go back to Chase. Uh, and, and the week, uh, let's go up to Chase High School. They've got the third leading rusher in the country, and uh, McCombs. And now, now we're going to look at the guy who's leading the nation in
1: picks, Tavon Durisma, four interceptions against Pine Lake Prep. He was on fire. Goodness, I see that tackle right there was, was a big time one too. But again, you know, his buddy got tired of his buddy Marquise Combs getting all the shine from the offensive side. He had to show up on the defensive end. And, you know, I love my guy Coach Trotter at Pond Lake. wish I could have been on the headset tell him, hey, let's not throw at that guy anymore. Uh, he's a big time player. And again, four interceptions in a game, that's something that, that very few people have done out here and even in the nation. No, no, you know, no surprise at all why he's leading the nation in interceptions. And that's why he had to get the call here.
0: No kidding. Uh, they're going to go play the number one team in the state in Reidsville this week. If he can maintain that fire in the secondary, uh, that that could be a ball game. We could be talking about some big-time highlights next week as well. Uh, Definitely. Great job, uh, Derisma. All righty, Coach Grice, let's move on with the show. Hey, this is a game that you're ultimately familiar with, uh, Mallet Creek and Butler last week. Uh, let, let's look at this guy, Jeremiah Hamilton, wide receiver, DB. He made some plays right against Butler. Tell us about this guy.
1: Love this kid, man. He played. He's one of the few guys that we have that you know plays both sides. That's reserved for our special guys. And, I mean, he's one of those special force type guys. Seven for one-on-one and a touchdown on offense. Had eight tackles, a pass breakup, and a pick on the defensive side in one game. I mean, we talk about a guy, he, he, you know, returned punts as well. He's a guy that's a do-it-all kid for us and really has been an unsung hero on our team. You know, people have focused or haven't focused on us, you know, at all. But part of that resurgence that we've had, man, it's all been on his shoulders. So glad he's continuing to have a great year. Big time win. I mean, we couldn't do it without him.
0: Well, championship runs are made when uncommon players or common players make uncommon plays. And and, you know, you got guys like that that rise to the challenge. You had one big week to do it a step at a time. Uh, We'll keep an eye on uh, Hamilton right there, but big performance. Uh, So he got the call. He got a Grice's gym. Now we're going to move on here uh, to the next guy. Uh, We'll see it right here. Uh, 378 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, You got him highlighted uh, right there. Amari Odom Panther Creek High School a uh, big time uh, win leading his team to a
1: playoff win over Southern Alamance. Definitely, you know, I actually, you know, got the chance to see him uh, 7 on 7 over the summer. Um, Was Panther Creek, and I, you know, was very impressed by him then. See, he's continuing and even getting better from when I saw him then. Again, we talk about the Grice's Gym's formula. Twenty-one of thirty, you know, high, you know, high percentage there. Three seventy-eight and seven is is incredible there. And I think, you know, again, big chance for him to win. You see that throw? Again, he's off platform, scrambling, is able to still complete the ball. I'm just glad that we were able to highlight this kid. I mean, he's been one that's been Ooh. surging as much as he can. And Panther Creek, we remember in the spring, Guru, they came out had a had a little run. They, you know, I thought they almost you know took off. I think it was Myers-Parker or Myers whatever Park. it was. I think it was – yep, they had a chance. So I'm not surprised that playoff time comes again and they're still doing what they do. Odom was a huge part in that.
0: Yeah, good job. Again, Panther Creek, uh, Amari Odom, big-time game. And finally, uh, let's stay in the Raleigh area and look at Leesville Road uh, running back DJ Scott ran 40 times. I said that right, 40 times, 263 yards, three touchdowns against Holly Springs.
1: Leesville Road, you know, they again, what, two years ago, you know, made it to the state title. They're trying to do the same in that tough 4A East. I mean, he's a big reason why. You know, again, it's getting a little chilly out here. Your bell cow has to get the ball. 40 carries. It lets you know that that's a guy that they knew was going to have a big night, and he did for 263 yards. So, again, Leesville Road, they, playoff time, they're not, they're not unfamiliar. These coaches understand what's going on. They know what they need to do to be successful and get this running game going for, um, for them is a, is a big reason.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, DJ Scott, Leesville Road, uh, coached by Ben Kolstad, one of the best coaches, I think, in the state, Uh, always runs the ball. And you see those big linemen right there. They are going to get it done. That's a team that I think is made for cold weather football. Uh, So we've got to keep an eye on uh, Leesville Road up there in Raleigh. Uh, But, man, that's another week. Got a lot of phone calls. Got a lot of Twitter messages. Uh, They ball out this week, second round. How can they get in touch with us, Grice?
1: Oh, you already know, I mean, I'll be coming, you know, down the down the mountain from Asheville, but, you know, at, you know, Coach Jay Grice, I'll see you when I get home, at Guru Chris Hughes, at Langston Works Jr., or at Observer Preps. As we always say, especially as it gets cold in this weather and this big money time of the playoffs, if you ball, you're going to get the call.
2: Yeah, there it is. Uh, so, we have our Mr. Football meetings over the weekend. And something really strange happened this weekend. We're going to talk about it on the back side. Now, you will notice we had eight guys last week, Dale, but this week we have 12 guys. Is that the right thing to do, Dale?
8: Well, if there's players that are playing themselves in the tight contention, yeah, I, I I can accept that.
2: What do you think of our list? This is your first time seeing this, is what I'm asking.
8: Well, I still see the, uh, the top contenders are there. <laughs> and, 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 you know, the rest of the guys, I, I hate to say it, uh, uh, they're going to have to do an awful lot to play themselves into that top two position uh, in the list. There's a lot of good players here. Chambers Gary, I well know you're happy because I got Christian
2: Hamilton on the list. What do you think?
6: Um, You know, now I guess it comes down to winning. Who impacts winning the most? No doubt. Uh, on a consistent basis. They're all outstanding players, all of yes. us. Nah, hold on,
1: hold on, because Gary gets all opinionated early in the year, and now he's coming on playing <laughs> politics. You gave me the Christian Hamilton stuff before. I think, I think one of the greatest things about this is, again, all of these guys are now in put-up-or-shut-up situations. And that, right. that's the beauty of this. Again, the first game they played, you know, Christian Hamilton didn't have the numbers, I would say, that would be requisite to the type of player he is. It happens again. I, I don't know if he's so fortunate. And it's not just him. I mean, you talk about a Marquise McCombs guru told us. He's playing Reedsville. Again, all these numbers are great. All this stuff is, is good against, you know, Joe Bob. And, and the
6: funny thing, like I, like I said last week about the numbers, a lot of these kids were only playing a half in the regular season, maybe yeah. three quarters at the most. Now, at this stage of the year, they're playing four quarters. Yeah, exactly. And so that's going di- to dictate do they really deserve to be on here. Kind of like so, Ron so are you sport. guys
2: saying that Mr. Football has to be somebody who gets to the regional semis and in finals and state finals, or what what are, you, what are we no,
7: saying? That, absolutely not. It's who impacts winning the most. And who impacts winning the most then for this missed for this list from Mr. Football must be Mr. Newman. Mr. Newman <laughs> impacts winning. Mr. Newman is the only person on this list who has impacted winning at a high level at two different schools. Mr. Vale's Newman, been really Jacob Newman, Mr. Newman on, yeah, has been a box shiny box line, new toy in game. green and white and in red and black. So if Dale, you know, Dale, is Jacob Newman having the
2: type of season that you could give him Mr. Football, in North Carolina?
8: I I think so. Uh, yes. It's hard to it's hard to uh, overlook uh, Dalen, but uh, I think Jacob has contributed tremendously to the success at South. I think the, the proof in the pudding will be how well he plays against Huff Friday night. Uh, uh, I, I am a believer that. Huh? you give Whatever me a nice time. Mm-hmm. I'd give him consideration yeah
3: i mean uh if you if you put on the tape on both of these guys, um <laughs> Smothers is a big time recruit for a reason. you can see it there's some flashiness uh Mr Newman uh as Alex would say, and uh some others have been on the show um he does exactly <laughs> what he's supposed to do. Does exactly what he's supposed to do in the system he's in. He's in the best system. I think he made the best decision going to South Meg, being behind that offensive line of South Mech's, uh Joe Evans team. They, they do a great job. I think he's really good in that. But he should be getting recruited, but I don't think he's going to get recruited like Dalen Smothers. It's just right. who's going to impact going forward. Now, now,
2: as you, Sam, as you pick Mr. Football, how much does where you're going to be recruited? Factor in versus the type of season you're having in high school. Well, the thing, is it a high school award was it a, no, who's getting the biggest recruiting award?
3: It's, it's a high school award, but it's the eye test. That's what I'm saying. Mm. We can look at film or go to a game of the impact, okay, someone's having and see the flash and like, wow, he's different. That person mm. is different. Like I haven't seen this before. Well, Marion
2: Hampton is different.
3: Yeah, but stats. No, nah, I'm not saying. I I agree. I watch his film. I think he's definitely <laughs> that different.
2: dude at Grimsley. That quarterback is different.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're they're different. I ain't, I'm yeah. not gonna lie to you. That's what I'm saying. Who's gonna impact the most going forward? We're gonna see yeah. some clutch games, and uh, you know, there's gonna be some of these athletes that make big differences and wins.
8: All right, yeah, I don't Chris, think it's how you look. I think games. it's how you carry your team. I think that's what yes. should be very important right Speaking now. In the
2: clutch but, games, Chris, let's talk about the Fight Club here. Let's start on the Eastern side. All right. Um I really like Richmond's chances
0: hosting Leesville Road. Um I just think this Raider team is really polished and and peaking at the right time. Uh Coach Till and that team, they I just they they seem to get better every week. Uh Nightdale at Pine Forest will be a really good game. Uh Nightdale uh has been impressive even with the five and five record. Uh Pine Forest, even at ten and one, I don't think that they're nearly as challenged. Uh so that'd be a good game. Uh, Millbrook at Hillside, That that's some contrasting styles. Uh, you know, that's two different – that's oil and water mix, and You know, you've got uh, two different kind of teams, uh, but I think it's going to make for a really uh, competitive game uh, down to the wire. I like that one a lot. I, I don't know how I would lean. Uh, I'm kind of 50-50 on that one. Probably just a little bit of an advantage uh, with Millbrook. Uh, Rollsville and Newburn. I really think that Rollsville can go on the road and win another game, uh, especially wow. the way Newburn. Uh, was kind of uh, challenged uh, by uh, Wakefield uh, this past week. Uh, it, and really all it comes down to, if Rollsville can stop power, uh, then they've got a really good chance of, of just putting that offense to a standstill. Uh, Laney at Cleveland, uh, Laney's a great story, some incredible talent. Amari um, Hampton and Scott O'Locklear and all those, they are who they are. Heritage at Gibbons, I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. I like Gibbons, though. Southfield, Hoggard, I I really like Hoggard. And and I I think Wake Forest is just too physical
2: uh, out of that bottom side of the bracket. I see them going on as well. Alex, who do you like, and what's the big game in in your area this weekend?
7: Well, there's really no matchup that jumps out, I guess you would say, in terms of, Team-wise, from what we what we have, would be that Heritage Cardinal Gibbons game. Uh, I, I think Gibbons is in great shape in that game. Uh, Heritage, uh, which has been very tremendous defensively and on special teams, but uh, has not seen the likes of Cardinal Gibbons, particularly on uh, defense, led by uh, defensive coordinator Nick Drew, one of the top defensive coordinators in the state. Uh, that, that's a good game. Uh, other Milbrook Hillside, I mean, yeah, miles there that, that that'll be fun to watch. Um, but I, I I do think, as we spoke of earlier, DJ Scott looked very impressive for Leesville Road. Yes, he last did. Week. But uh, I, I will say this that Leesville Road is in for a new experience. Um, you walk outside <laughs> of Raider Cove in Rock, flashing lights. Um, uh, <laughs> this is the law of the Raider. As true as the flight of the ball and the player who keeps it will prosper. And the player who breaks it must fall. And the ball and the parts that it's made of are bound and made fast by the scene. The strength of the team is the player and the strength of the player is the team. Richmond takes that game. Next. All right, uh, Chris,
2: Damian Jackson says we need to shout out Reagan's John Gillette.
7: Yeah, I've
0: tweeted and we've talked about John Gillette on several times this year. Uh, he is just a really gritty hard-nosed, physical, athletic playmaker. Uh, I think that Coach uh, McGee can put him at different spots on the field. I mean, he's aggressive. I, I think he's baller. You know, he's yep. a ball player. Uh, I think he can play multiple positions, but I just like him a lot. Yeah, I'm I mean,
2: late. I think he was wanting me to talk about him during the Mr. Football segment, so I apologize, Damian. I I, I just saw that. There's so many popping on the screen. I just saw that. Um, Dale, before I let Chris go and, and break down the West, uh, I want to get your thoughts. South Mac and Huff, you've been following South Mac all year. Is Huff's obviously top 30, top 40 in the country. Is there anything South Mac can do to go in there and spring an upset?
8: I think so. I think they've got to not let the game uh, get uh, bigger than them. They're going to have to play uh solid ball. Uh, they're a very good defensive team, uh, I just I think they got to got to play like they played every one of their conference games. You know, they played a lot of tough uh, a a lot of tough games this season, especially in conference. It's this there's a little bit of selfishness here in wanting to know just how good that conference is because you know the fourth team finished (laughs) a combined seven points.
2: Grace, I know that that makes you itch. So go ahead. Yeah, I I didn't say anything.
8: Uh, you know, you you got you had Myers Park uh, ranked in the top ten almost the whole season, and that whole conference, no team lost to another team in the top four by more than seven points, and actually I think four points. So that's a they they faced a lot of tough competition. Uh, it's going to be a tough ball game, but I wouldn't I would definitely not count uh, South Mech out.
2: I think South needs to slow the game down like they did against Myers Park and really limit possessions. You know, don't let Huff play that seven-on-seven style football. I don't think the they slowed
8: the ball the couldn't. game down. I think Myers Park just played really good defense. We got to give Myers Park some credit there. Uh, yeah. While they it's also going to be points.
2: raining on Friday too, so that might help a little bit. But that Guru, let, let's let you do. Let's let us let us let the Guru do what the Guru does.
0: Well, I think that South Met can. Beat Huff. Uh, I do think Huff is the better team. They've got far more weapons. Uh, and and when Huff plays to their extreme potential, which they're very capable of doing, I think that they're hard hard to beat. With that being said, uh, you hand the ball off to Newman 20, 25 times, and he rushes for 200, 275 yards. Not only do I think he give them a chance to win, he, he really uh, multiplies his chances of getting higher on that Mr. football list. Uh, I think the two kind of go hand in hand with one another. Uh, Mallard Creek going up to Asheville, I think that's a tough game. I, I do think Mallard Creek's probably got a little bit more talent, uh, but Asheville has just had a solid team. They're physical, uh, well-coached, uh, and that's just talking about a beautiful stadium. That's going to be a great environment for football. Um, hard to pick a winner. Myers Park at Glenn. Uh, Glenn really struggled. Uh, they beat Providence 7-3. to three. I could see this game with Myers Park just going down to the wire. I mean, it could be a special teams play. Who knows what it could be. I, I, I like Myers Park's chances in this game. I think Myers Park is probably uh, playing better right now. Uh, but Glenn is just so freaky talented with so many Division I guys and guys that can make plays at any time, especially on defense. That defense is just phenomenal. Yeah, uh, quick note there, Chris, World. is uh,
2: Cameron Thornton may be coming back from Myers Park. I don't know if he can come back this week, but if he can come back, that changes the dynamic of their team yeah, altogether. It does. It does.
0: Uh, This East Forsyth team, looking at that game at AK, I think East Forsyth, they're a team that I had going all the way to the fourth and fifth fifth round. Uh, But I think after looking at the film and the way that I've seen AK play, I could really see Ardrakel, if not winning this game outright, uh, certainly it going down to the wire. I think this has potential to be the best game now uh, that I've seen and just in terms of competitiveness. I think it's going to be a great ball game. Uh, Marvin Ridge at Weddington, you know we know what we're going to get with that one. It's going to be a slugfest. Uh, Cuthbertson at Lake Norman, uh, that's some different styles. Both teams are doing really well, getting right at the right time. Uh, I think this Chambers at Hickory Ridge game, though, it's a phenomenal ball game. Uh, Hickory Ridge or Dalen Hollywood scored with about six seconds to go to seal that deal back in September. I don't know if it'll be as close this time, uh, but having that game being played at home in front of the home fans and everything, I think it's certainly – uh, gives Hickory Ridge a better chance. Although, and, and some of you guys got, might agree with me, I kind of think that Chambers and those players, they I think they're going to feed off of being the road team even better uh, than they would at home. So uh, it may actually be an advantage for Chambers in a weird kind of way. And then that Porter Ridge Grimsley game, uh, I, I just don't know if Porter Ridge can slow them down. Uh, but it, it, they might. Uh, who knows? But Travis Shaw's back, and he has just been a terror on that defense.
2: line. Yeah, he. he- he looked incredible on film. I, I watched the film that Ralph put out on him. I was like, oh, my God, I would not, would not want to block that guy. Sam, I'm just curious. Tell me about your buddy, Grace going up to Asheville. What do you see from Mallet Creek, and, and do they have a chance? Asheville scored like 105 points last week.
3: Yeah, I like Mallet Creek in this game, to be honest with you. I think that they're a physical brand of football, and uh, they'll translate in the cold even in Asheville. And I think that Asheville hasn't seen someone of that caliber yet. And uh so I like I like the upset, you know, record wise. I think Mallory Creek would be what, six and four now though, right? In that Grace, or are you five and four?
1: We are five and four, missed the first two games of the year. So Ah, that's
3: right. That's right. All right, cool deal. Yeah, I like I like Mallard Creek in this game. Uh especially three touches the ball twenty plus times a game. Yeah. <laughs> I like them winning a lot of games.
2: (laughs) Three's pretty good. Uh, I think he'll be having a spot on the observer team at the end of the year. One thing Mallory Creek, I think, has to do is is stick with that aggressive game plan and don't, you know, kind of go back to playing that three-yard cloud of dust, punt, let's play field position. Christ, can you give us a, a little sneak peek at the game plan? Of course I can't, um, but,
1: you know, especially watching Asheville, I mean, kudos <laughs> to those guys. I mean, those guys just play tough and are relentless. I mean, I think, you know, that's the one thing about it. I, you know, we it's kind of the mentality-wise this week, we're kind of going in, you know, and telling our kids, you know, the Gaffney game to me was a great, you know, understanding for going in a tough environment. I mean, you're at a place where this town, you know, lives, eats, and breathes this, mm-hmm. and I this, and we told our kids all week, I told them tonight, the you know, you lose this game, these those kids in Asheville will remember it for 30 years. They, anytime you see one of those guys or somebody from that town, they're going to tell you about the night they beat Mallard Creek. So just come into that game with the understanding of, hey, they're actually now the team with, with the chip on their shoulder ready to prove something to the 704 team instead of our situation uh, against Butler. So funny in playoffs how roles reverse. And I'm excited to go up there. The stadium looks beautiful. I feel blessed and privileged to be able to go up there and experience such a great stadium. Want to come down the mountain with the win, though. <laughs> All right, Chris, let's talk
2: about your rankings before we get into the game of the week breakdown.
0: Not a lot of changes. Uh, obviously, Huff is still right there, number one. Chambers is right there, hot on their trail. Grimsley uh, easily could be standing tall at the end of the year, as could Cleveland. Richmond continues to climb, though. They've moved up a spot or so each week for the past three or four weeks. I think they're getting right at the right time. Sides dropped a spot. Newbern dropped about three spots. Our two spots. Uh, Cardinal Gibbons, though, right there in the mix. Uh, South Mech, again, right there. They've kind of been in that 11, 12, 13 range all year long. But South Mech, I like a physical team. I like them. And then Glenn, uh, you know, a 7-3 game last week. Hard to read into that. I know Providence is good, but it wasn't necessarily a good showing for Glenn. But a win is a win.
2: That's right. Playoffs is all about surviving in advance. All right. Break. So I guess we all know what the game of the week is. Uh, no surprise. So I had a chance to sit down with your good friend today, Sam, uh, Jupiter Wilson. and uh, He is ready to go. He's like uh, Buster Douglas. getting ready to fight Tyson. He's ready to go. <laughs> so That's my to say, let y'all let y'all check out my man. All right, so the uh, biggest game in North Carolina, the fellas tell me this week, is uh, Chambers High School going up to Harrisburg to play Hickory Ridge. Uh, Game one of this uh, series turned out to be pretty exciting. You had a chance to win the game late, Coach Jupiter Wilson. Uh, Most people still aren't giving you guys a shot in this game. Are they wrong?
4: Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. I told our kids last time, even after the game um, against A.C. Reynolds, So I think we came in and wanted to say whether or not we can compete. And as I told them, our expectation is not to go out there and compete, is to go out there and win the game. I feel like, you know, we go out there and do the things we can do. We come out victorious. So there's no doubt in my mind that we do the things we do, prepare coaches, players, whatever. uh, We'll come out there and we'll come out victorious.
2: Before the game starts, you know, you see all these guys you read about, you see Smothers, you see Pierce, you see all the guys they have, conception guys are intimidated. You guys are not going to be intimidated, so it's going to be zero-zero
4: when it starts. How big a factor is that? I think it's huge. Uh, you know, and people don't try to get into JV and all that type of stuff, but a lot of the kids, uh, especially I know like their old line that played against our JV kids. Um, it was a score of 31 to nothing that we won. I know Smothers and all those kids weren't playing uh, from the JV perspective, but uh, those kids weren't intimidated. Uh, Couple with the guys that are coming back from juniors and uh, having the opportunity to actually play them, go over there, see how they you know go about doing things um, before the game, all those you know hype videos and things that they do, uh, which you know uh, to an extent does play a part uh, with other teams in terms of trying to you know scare them, intimidate them. But our kids are not going to be intimidated. Um, on Friday night. Yeah.
2: We talked about this a lot, but that Chambers game really gave you guys a serious boost of confidence. Um, you were two and two and one going into that game. You were two and two after Since then, You won seven straight games. And I'm looking at your scores. You've been over 40 points, four times and your defense hasn't given up more than 19. And that was in a blowout. You guys have hit a different stride. So how, you know, there's no such
4: thing as a good loss, but how did that, that game change your season? Um, you know, from my perspective, uh, I felt like we kind of went the same, but I definitely know what our kids, uh, they came into that game, uh, wanted to compete, but just not knowing where they were. You know, you got uh, your naysayers, you have people at our school, people around, hey, you know, can you guys go out there and compete um, with that team? And then once they got out there um, and, you know, kind of got settled in after that first quarter and then realized that, hey, man, we can compete, and then got to a point when that fourth quarter we had an opportunity to win, I think it just gave a major boost to our uh, football team and from that point on, when we went into conference, we were like, hey, man, we can compete with Vance and uh, have a chance to win. Uh, there's nobody on our schedule that we shouldn't be able to beat. And uh, those last six, seven games, those kids just went out and did that. And uh, I'm feeling really, really good right now. am going into Friday night. All right. So before I let you go, when we get
2: done talking, Grice and Coach Grice is going to do his three keys to the game. I want to know Coach Jupiter Wilson's three keys to the game. What do you guys got to do? Three keys to turn out victorious this game.
4: Uh, most definitely, number one, uh, that kid, uh, Hollywood, number three, he's a great football player, so we got to tackle. And what I mean by that, we got to get three, four hats to the ball. Most of the time, that kid is not going to go down on one tackle. Uh, so we got to get three or four hats to the ball every time uh, he has opportunity to run the ball. I think number two, uh, we can't turn the ball over. Uh, we don't turn the ball over. I do really believe that we will win that football game. And then the uh, most important thing is just make sure we execute. And what I mean by that, and I told our kids, uh, we're going to be high, they're going to be sky high, going to be a little probably chirping, all that stuff going on. Uh, but when the emotion and, and all that stuff goes away, uh, it's going to be about what team executes. So from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, we got to make sure we execute. I think if we do those three things, uh, we'll come out on top.
2: All right, man. Got to love it, Coach, with confidence. Hey, thanks for coming on with us. Good luck to you, Coach. Appreciate it. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, here we are. <laughs>
3: Yeah, hey langston you got to see send me that segment i couldn't see it but i want to watch it so all you can i got
2: you let's see what grace had to say <coughs> all
0: right guys here we are second round of the playoffs there's a lot of big time games this week but there can only be one game of the week so let's hit it All right, guys, we had this epic matchup earlier in the year. It came down to the wire. We're going to do it again. This time, Chambers is going to Hickory Ridge. Uh, Grice, let's hit hit you up with your keys to the game.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, you guys knew we were choosing this game. I mean, it's, again, one of the best games already of the year. We get part two, as uh, Guru said, this time in Harrisburg. And we got to have our guy. This is the Gary Richmond ball. I had to to bring a special guest uh, in here for this. but. You know, three big things here. Chambers has to corral Bentley. I thought QB Alex Bentley for Hickory Ridge had one of the best games of the season, consistently scrambling and making plays when nothing was there, when the Chambers' swarming defense was ready to pounce. He had a lot of great opportunities and, and made some big plays. Chambers this time has to understand that if the if things break down, if, if they do a great job covering, the quarterback can still go make a big play happen. So they've got to focus on that in this rematch. And defensive coordinator coach Andre Cannon is going to make sure that you know he's got bentley on his on one of his guys to watch. Uh the second one I mean, you know, again, we know Chambers has a lot of talent and and by no means am I discounting any of the talent outside of the one guy but as we know, as I've seen even through through my studies of the team, when things get tough, when they get in a tight situation, the ball's going to number three, Dalen Smothers. <clears throat> he's going to get the ball every single time in those kind of situations. Hickory Ridge basically has to force a QB Sean Camp to get the ball outside, get the guy ball to guys like Armand Wright, you know, conception, and a lot of these other great receivers, Zion Booker, if he's able to, uh, to suit up for this game. So again sell out for smothers and play good defense on the back end i mean it's tough because of the great athletes that chambers has but you've got to focus on the guy who was the guy in this game and the difference and the reason chambers won the first game and finally hickory ridge has got to win the turnover battle you know even though hickory ridge has the higher seed i think most people if you ask them would favor chambers in this match so for hickory ridge to actually come out impressive and come out and actually you know win this game They've got to win the turnover battle. They can't have those big turnovers that cause them to have issues in the first game and lose by that razor thin margin. So, you know, they've got to be perfect with the ball. It's going to be pretty cold out, out there. You know, as it gets colder, ball security becomes an issue. We always have to focus on kids, you know, wearing different things that they don't normally wear. So do they have a sleeve or are they wearing a shirt that they don't normally wear throughout the year? How can that affect ball security? So yes, those are the three things for me, this is going to be a great, great, great matchup and, you know, Unfortunately, I have business. Well, fortunately, but unfortunately, I'm not going to be there for this matchup. So I got to turn it first. Uh, this is Gary Richmond bowls. So I got to turn it to the sub teacher. Let us know what's going on.
6: <laughs> well, as you know, uh, I've coached at both schools. Um, I coached um, this, the junior and senior class currently at Hickory Ridge. Um, my career took off at Chambers, which is back then was Vance, as I got my first head coaching job at there as well as my first coordinator position there. Um, The first game, I think, caught Chambers by surprise. Um, And I know that Hickory Ridge is looking forward to this game. Um, They've really improved. I think their season took off with a loss because now they know that they can play with the big boys. Uh, Their defense has dramatically improved and their offense was always good. Uh, Chambers, as, as Sam and I were talking off camera, uh, is that time of the season where they're no longer bored. Uh, they probably had, you know, two big games early in the year. And then they look forward to the, the Huff game, um, which got away from them. But in the end, my analysis is going to be a close game. Um, <clears throat> Grice mentioned about that running back. He's not dependent on somebody getting him the ball the way the top player at Hickory Ridge is dependent And that top player. I'm referring to as Christian Hamilton. He's dependent on the quarterback, getting him the ball where smothers they know just hand it to him. And so I think that might be the difference in the game. Um, I expect it to be real close. Um, as Grice said, turnovers would be the key. Um, In the previous game, I think it was the team that had the ball last, one, which was Chambers. Um, I don't think it's going to come down to who has it last this time. I think Chambers has just a little bit more experience and a little bit more talent uh, than Hickory Ridge. I think the Hickory Ridge staff may be a little bit better than the Vance staff um but I'm sorry chamber staff but the chamber staff has been there before and they're used to these big games so in a close one I think it'll go to Chambers but I wouldn't be surprised if Hickory Ridge pulled the upset yeah. it I think it's that close
3: that's why Hickory. it's the game of the week <laughs> you know
1: Coach Griner, we got we to gotta take it to you. I mean, I know you're both, you're intimately familiar with both of these yeah. programs as well. Definitely wanted to have you on to have your take. So let me know what you think.
3: Um, I just think that it comes to a point in time where, you know, we keep on saying this it's playoff time and stuff like that, and Chambers are a different beast when it becomes playoff times. But how often can you turn the on and off switch on? You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it'll flicker and – and things won't work the way you thought it would work because you haven't done it throughout the whole year like you've done in the past. And I think um, I'm not going to be surprised if Hickory Ridge comes out guns blazing. They got nothing to lose. They're playing with house money right now. And uh, how tentative will Chambers be being the guys that are supposed to win now? You know, a lot of times in the past, they've been teams where they've been the underdog role. Well, they're not the underdog role anymore. So how hungry are they? I don't know. And I just watched the game of the week, but uh, I, I'm I think this would be a great game. I plan on winning our game Friday to prove Chris wrong. Um, his, know I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, I'm already about... busting this bracket, we've already busted this bracket, grinder,
3: <laughs> busting that bracket, baby. <laughs> but um, no, it's a great game. I think both of these coaching stats do a really good job, and uh, you'll see a lot of hard hitting out there.
0: And real quick before we wrap, though, guys, Sam, how hard is it to beat the same team twice in one year? Because Hickory Ridge is going to have that added motivation to prove them wrong and get them this time.
3: It's uh, It just depends on how good the other team is. Both of these teams are really good. Um, I think you'll see some changes um, from the defense, from, um, you know, Hickory Ridge. I think you'll see them, you know, be a little bit more aggressive in parts to try to stop the run and get them in, in third and longs and, and put them – because Chambers doesn't throw the ball as well as they did in the past, in my opinion. And uh, you can sell out on the run like, you know, you know, Grice's keys to the game. If you sell out on Chambers and stop Smothers in the running game, I think they, they can struggle just like Huff did. Huff, Huff took away the running game and they didn't score a lot of points. Now, Huff is a different beast, but I think that they're going to try to take that, um, that ability that they've seen on film. I know they probably got that film somehow, some way and they're going to try to mock and do certain things that way to make it tough on them.
0: All right, that's it. Big-time game Friday night. It could rain. That could have a little bit to do with it, but uh, Chambers uh, hosts are traveling over to Hickory Ridge. Uh, we can't wait.
2: And the insight, the insight. Uh, Alex, having seen all that, give me your thoughts from an Eastern perspective, Huff and Hickory, uh, no, Chambers and Hickory
7: Ridge. Well, it's one of those things where, as we know, week in and week out, that the 4A West bracket, particularly a consolidated 4A West, is the epitome of competition week in and week out. And it's really a blessing when you stop and realize the degree to which (laughs) the legacies and the prowesses of both of these programs have been infused by the genius of Gary Richmond and has (laughs) carried on to help these programs ascend to the positions in which they are now. One is a two-time state champion, one as a program that's on the rise with an exceptional head coach uh, with whom I was a student at UNC, by the way. But once again, just praise be Gary Richmond for his mentorship, and his leadership, and the Alex, available give, give place me a score. that he has in his legacies.
2: Alex, yeah. give me a score, Alex. Give me a score.
7: A score? Yeah. Um, wh- wh- whichever team scores more points wins the game. Uh, <laughs> he's
2: he's out. Out. Dale, give me a score.
8: A score? Yeah. I think it's going to be a one-score game. Oh my gosh! You guys, give a
4: score. I give you a score. I, I,
8: it's hard to pick. I think. I, I think this is a game that Hickory Ridge can win, but again, it's going to be one of those that how.
2: Be careful! How the first, how
8: that first series comes out. I can. I, it's going to be a. It's going to be a one-score game, and it's going to be in the twenties. What's the 12, score? 31 28.
3: Thirty-one, 31 twenty-eight. 28.
2: Who's
8: you Sam? Hickory Ridge.
7: Hickory Ridge,
2: calling upset. <laughs> yeah, <can> <laughs> Look at Christ. All right, it's time to go to the Thunderdome. All
0: right, man. Uh, you see us right here, three shot. What time is it?
1: You already know. Let's get it it's going.
8: Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Sam. Uh last week I gave you the option to kick or receive. Uh we had four questions, so that kind of threw you a curveball. Back to three this week. What's it gonna
3: be? Oh, we always deferring. Let's All go. Right.
0: We're gonna defer. Let's go ahead and get it on. Coach Grice, his first question is coming your way. Can Chambers three this year or has a North Carolina team caught mm-hmm. up with it?
1: Yeah, I think actually the the terms it has the NCHSAA caught up to them because I think, you know, making this a 64-team tournament, you know, really is going to produce all, you know, and bring in a lot of good teams. I mean, you look at it, I call it the Fight Club every week for a reason. I mean, you had Mount Tabor make the tournament who won, you know, a, a, a state title. You had, you had Grimsey in there, a state title winner. You know, you got Chambers. So, I mean, it's a situation, you know, Richmond's in the east, but then you still have – a lot of these one, you know, single A teams like East Forsyth with great pedigree that are in that same division. Um, you know, additionally, even how tough the conference is that they're in. I mean, getting, you know, not getting one of those top seeds and having to go through a rigorous, you know, uh, you know, line of teams to even get there. You got Hickory Ridge this week. You know, you got Grimsley potentially looming large. You know, towards the you know latter end of the, of the playoff. But all said and done, I don't think they can threepeat this season. But I think it's the NCHSAA that has caught up to them.
3: Yeah, I mean, can they 3 Definitely. They're one of the best teams in the state. Um, are the odds in their favor? No. Just like Grace said, the 4A is the fight club for a reason, and I don't know if they can sustain it top to bottom. Their defense is not as feared as it's been in the past, in my opinion. Um, they're really good. They're very explosive to live off the big play. It's just not a suffocating defense that they've had the last two years, and I think that's what's going to hurt them in the cold to win in their third one in a row.
0: I'll say this, gentlemen, you guys, and, and just people in general picking against them, I picked against them in my brackets. That's probably the added motivation uh, that they, of course. They, they, they feed off of that. And that's probably what's going to tip the scales in their favor. Uh, I have to agree with you guys, you know, the deck stacked against them. But talent-wise, they've got as much as anybody. Uh, no so doubt. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. All right, Coach Griner. this second question is coming to you. Has Eastern North Carolina, and particularly in the 4A, caught up with the Western teams?
3: <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, it's not even close, actually. Um, the Western teams are just extremely dominant. The only way that they strengthen the Eastern side is they move one of the Western teams over to the Eastern side, and that's what made it stronger, um, is in Richmond County. Um, that's how that got stronger, but you know, Cardinal Gibbons and all those teams, they're, they're pretty good teams, but... You know, you had Myers Park, who is, you know, maybe like just barely cracking the top 10 on the Western side and they beat Cardinal Gibbons. You see what I'm saying? So like the Western side is legit. It is very hard to beat people on the Western side when the East side will have a little bit easier road.
1: They're catching up. Let's, let's be very clear. They're catching up. I mean, you, you think about our Mr. Football list. You think about some of the stars we have. You've got a Hampton over there. You know, you've got Mason Fortune with Millbrook. You've got Byron Brown, a lot of these young quarterbacks. And if you talk about that position, that line is getting pretty close. You know, and, and that's being led by a lot of great talent out of there. Roseville, you know, playing your know, teams like Easter Forsyth early in the year, taking their lumps. That was a surprise, a surprise victory. But I think what's helped them is that they made sure to schedule teams. Cardinal Gibbons playing Chambers, playing Myers Park. That's going to prove and, and, and be big for them as they continue to play. I think that's been the biggest problem with these Eastern teams is that a lot of them haven't ventured out West. They haven't gone West to, to go find this tougher competition. The teams that did you know, put that investment and go find the tougher competition in the West – they are the ones I think that you're going to see. You know, as we get into Thanksgiving in that time, you know, grind. We love to be practicing on Thanksgiving. As we mm-hmm. get there, those East teams that put that investment to go play tough competition, they're going to get rewarded, and they're going to be ready to go. I want to <laughs>
3: say, what? What? Tough competition. The Western plays tough competition every week, week in and week out. <laughs> I'm trying to catch it up. You got to play. You got to do like we did. I don't mean to you, Grace, but it doesn't. It says in this message, it says caught up. It means catching up. So technically, they are not there yet. So you
1: achieve some progress. We talk about (laughs) it's not sevens. It's not completion yet. They are catching up. So (laughs) they caught caught up a little bit.
0: I agree with both of you, but I want to add this before we get to the next question. Wake Forest did win three championships in a row not too long ago. Uh, they're a very physical team. Reggie Lucas does a great job. Uh, you've had some Western and some Charlotte area coaches head to the East. You know, Jeremy Buck went over there to, to Sanderson. Now, look what they're doing. They're getting big time. Uh, Samick moves over to Roseville. They, they've developed a Western mentality. Uh, Jeremy Buck, I mentioned him. Jeff Simpson, former Vance and West Charlotte coach, he moved over there and started coaching. I think coaching has gotten better in the East, and I do think that it's better. And Richmond, you know, moving them to the East kind of artificially inflates it a little bit, they're going to bring it. So I think they're there.
3: But the Wake Forest, the thing that killed Wake Forest is the new school. Was it Roseville that opened no. up? Or which one opened up right beside Roseville. Wake
0: Roseville. The Roseville was okay. already open when Wake Forest went on their run. So so it's kind of yep. hard to say that. Uh, but I'll say this, Cardinal Gibbons had Chambers beat. Uh, Cardinal Gibbons came down here and played an overtime game with Myers Park. It, I think it's closer than you think. I still give it a little bit of an edge to the West, but not by much. Uh, but finally, Coach Christ, I'm uh, heading to you for the final question. Charlotte Catholic was upset in the first round. Is the Dynasty dead in the 4A?
1: Oh. It's like I said, I I feel like I got a raw deal. And I know people I can hear the groaning already from Union County, but I felt like they got a raw deal. They they faced a team that was acutely familiar with them. I think one of the greatest things about a team that runs such a specific and now, you know, kind of a a retro style offense like the wing, you know, you, you face teams that aren't familiar with that. That's going to give them problems. We look at the Lake Norman, Northern Guilford. Northern Guilford, we know, it was a great team, but ha- not having faced a triple team, having to prepare for it all week and only one week of preparation is going to be tough. That edge, I think, Catholic would have gotten by facing teams that weren't familiar with what they do. That edge is gone. You know, it was gone. So, I mean, I think using a one-game sample size to determine if they're here, you know, they're good or they're not is pretty poor. I mean, we know they, they held an early victory over, um, you know, over South Mech. You know, they were able to do a lot of things and have great success, uh, you know, even pushing Butler to the limit. So, I mean, they've had success. It's not dead. They have a quick adjustment here off a short turnaround. I think they'll be back.
3: Yeah, I don't think they're dead at all. I think that they'll they'll strive and make adjustments. That's what Catholic does so well. They adjust to the time. So they know that they're in the fight club in the 4A. And so they'll make adjustments. They'll make some changes. And then they'll be harder and harder to beat as you go. Right now, when you jump from 3A to 4A with all those juggernauts, The the talent level is just top to bottom. It's just different than the teams that they faced in the past. And I think that's what caught up to them this year. But is the dynasty over? No. I mean, you won four in a row, and then all of a sudden you still make it to the playoffs. You're still a dominant team. They'll just make adjustments. It might take them a couple of years to get back to where they're competing for the state championship, though.
0: As long as Coach Brodowitz is there and that staff is intact, they've got guys on that staff that could have probably been head coaches many years ago. Uh, they'll find a way to get it done. So I'm I'm confident uh, that they'll be back. But anyway, guys, that's another edition here of Coach versus Coach on Talk of Preps. And man, second round of the playoffs. That's it,
3: baby. Lock them doors, baby. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> bracket busters over here. Let's go, Bronner. bust
7: the
1: bracket.
2: bracket. Dale, what is the, the big storyline for you going into this this Friday? What what are you looking at?
8: What is the big storyline this weekend?
2: Yeah, what like what are the things you're looking at this weekend?
8: Well, I, I think that the uh, Chambers Hickory Ridge game is a huge game. That's that is yeah. big, and I think that's a great game for people to go see. Uh, I think that one will tell us a whole lot about where Hickory Ridge is heading. So really, I'm I'm looking at that game as being a, a big marker game, as well as uh, Joe's game. Uh, Grice, I think you guys are going to have a great game Friday night, to be quite honest with you. I saw you lift your hands up.
5: No, I, I was shocked. Right, wait, wait, a- can you give me a score for that
2: game?
8: <laughs> for the Malacree game? Yes. Yeah. I I think they'll win by two scores or more. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think that the uh, Look, it's tough down here in in, in Mecklenburg County. And Tell we Dale. play a different brand of football.
1: Uh, see, you know, got- I'm misunderstood like normal. I was expecting Dale to talk about what I think is going to be a sneaky good game with East Versailles and AK. I mean, I think you're going to get 500 yards of total offense, 600 yards. I mean, both teams like to throw the ball all over the park. I think that game is going to be a fun game. And everybody's talking about, you know, of course, our games of the week and other top games. That one's going to be fun. It'll, It'll be a fun,
8: fun. game. I, I I actually think our AK is going to win that game. So, uh, oh, a, yeah, right. yeah. I'm like I'm liking AK in that, but I I believe there's going to be a lot of offense. Uh, I agree with that, and I don't believe it's going to be a walk away game either way. I think it's going to be another one of those one score games. Um, uh, it's amazing. What it amazes me this week? is that this is really the first round for our traditional you know the way we've yes. been doing playoffs yes. in the past and yet we got these huge matchups that really you shouldn't be seeing until even in the and even in our format that we have now until third fourth round i i, I can't I, believe I these matchups i that don't we got.
2: i don't disagree um All right, uh, guys, we got the North Carolina Super Team is going to be out December 21st. God willing, the creek don't rise, my grandma used to say. Sam will and Grice and and Chris will present the teams. hope everybody will tune in for that. Uh, Mr. Football will be out, I think we said, the week before the state championship game. So we'll have the three finalists on if we can finally get the three finalists and and pick a winner. Sam will will hand out that award. Uh, these are the recognized North Carolina All-State team and the recognized North Carolina Player of the Year. A lot of people do them, but when you go to college, you look back in the college manuals and they say, who was State Player of the Year and who was All-State? This is where it comes from. So it's a big deal what these guys are doing. And uh, <clears throat> Chris, if you were going to pick uh, an under-the-radar game or two this, this week, uh, what would you pick? Because we've been doing a lot of hickory really chambers, but I know there's a lot of good games.
0: An under-the-radar game? Yeah. Huh, I don't know. I feel like we've went through a lot of them. Um, that's I, uh, I, um, I I don't know. Um, I'm going to say that Chase and Reedsville game. I think that that's a game that could really um, – I, I don't want to say Reedsville is going to go up there to the football capital of North Carolina and win it, but I don't think Re- uh, Chase is going to be intimidated either.
2: It's funny because uh, the chase coach told me last week, Marquise McCombs had a pedestrian night. My man was 19 for 196 and three touchdowns. Pedestrian. Might work. And didn't play play much in the second half. It's kind of crazy. All right. It's time for the big star of the big show. In his one shot. (laughs)
3: I don't know. I don't know about big big star. I, I'm like low man on the totem pole now. I can't even see the videos no more. So, uh, <laughs> right. um, yeah, I get, I get the bad links now. I, I'm to figure something out. Get um, off dial up. Shout out, shout out to yeah. Alex. Get off dial up. I know. I'm on dial. <laughs> I've been blaming you for dial up and it's cursing me now. Um, shout out to Alex though. In the background, we are going to auction off his iron. Um, <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: we're starting to bid at $300. If you guys want that iron gone, we're going to bid on it on eBay. All donations go to my diapers for my baby coming December 22nd. That's all I'm saying. But well, we We're going to buy him a green
5: screen. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like,
8: I, want, I want that be his, That is his green screen. Make
1: that that thing. is I, his I, green I, screen.
7: I, 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 don't let them make it
2: cheap. I'll put you in a one shot.
7: Loop, <laughs> hey, um... No, I, it, it's, it's always very good to have an opportunity to support the, um, the Griner family cause. We're all, we're, all we're, we're, all, we're all very excited. We're all very excited for Sam and his family and the forthcoming new edition. And actually, it's a reminder to us all of the imperative familial support that enables people like Sam Griner jonathan grice dale ross langston Wirtz, chris hughes gary richmond to do what they do and to have done it for so so long and that's the beauty of that which we celebrate during these playoffs and the forthcoming thanksgiving season that we all are thankful for our families who have supported and empowered us and continue to do that to enable us to do what we do. So many, many thanks and our well wishes to the Griner family. And of course, we're all honored to support the Griner family and their forthcoming new addition. <laughs> Wow. Thank okay. You. So on that note,
2: <laughs> yes, I love it, Alex. Yes. I know. Right. On that note, um, I want to give a shout out to all the people who made the Queen city senior bowl. I think it's a great, uh, big deal. No shrine bowl this year. So it gives kids a chance to, to have a final game. A
1: charity um, Bowl. Like, what do you say? Right? Back
2: to the Mecklenburg. Like we need
1: like, they need separate games. I'm sorry. Uh, i uh, You don't like
2: you don't like the oh, no,
1: no, no, because you you have the unfortunate circumstance in some of those situations of guys that shouldn't be on that field in certain out of certain places. If you've seen it, it's getting worse. I'll be the guy, hey, at coach Jay Grice on Twitter. <laughs> this needs to be a Mecklenburg game. Have one for Cleveland and Gaston, Iredale and Union County. I've been saying it. We need the Charlotte East versus West game. It's starting to lose a little bit of its luster. Shout out to all the guys yeah, that we'll made it. We'll
2: have on the to. show, and, and we we'll put you and Bobby on the two-shot. Y'all can like go ahead.
1: Oh, nah, B, I, B, I love BC. BC's great, but huh? I just think it's great to expand the game, but I do think it's something that was in Columbia. It needs to be the Nate Lee's charlotte
2: and Coach Butler is going to be coaching in an all star game. It's kind of a north versus south situation yep. up in, uh, in Gaffney as well. And also today, the Southwestern 4A All Conference team came out. All that stuff's on our website, the Charlotte Observer. Jump on it. Um, and uh, got a great weekend of football. We're going to catch you guys next week with another big show. Um, hopefully, we're going to trim down the Mr. Football list, maybe.
7: <laughs> Hey, Langston, I got got to ask you, if if Grice gets his wish for a Mecklenburg County East versus West All-Star game, can you make the arrangements for Grice to film the advance promotional commercials at uh, Charlotte Latin, just like the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl? (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) We 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 can work this out. All right, yeah, we're real heavy. I'm Langston. That's Sam Grindr, the coach of West High School. That's my good friend, Gary
4: Lions. You guys
2: got to follow Gary on Facebook to get his his oh, tales from, from this. Bro- 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 you got to go to his Facebook. Don't tell these I people, tell people you. that. You, you can, can write a, write a
8: book.
1: you to
2: say this stuff. Stop. you trying to get me fired. Hey, right. coach, coach Grice of Valley Creek. Good luck up in the mountains. My man, Alex Bastic and Cherry, and the great. Chris Hughes, the number one voice in high school football in North Carolina. And we are talking preps. Busting them
8: brackets, Here, baby. Right baby. a